Hello. Oh, come on. What? Oh, I thought I had it right. What? Your audio's coming through my, my laptop. Oh, no. Great, we got another intro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I'm late. I got caught up watching the Pirates of the Caribbean marathon. Have you seen those things? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th- those are great. Uh, no, not really. I actually, I actually got caught up watching a YouTube video that pertains to our final topic this evening. Oh, really? But okay. we'll get to that when we get to save it for the show. Save it for the show. I can't wait. How how are you? How's your um? How's your quarantine going? It's not great. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? I I just got kind of sad today. It hit me that tomorrow it will be one week since I had a conversation with someone in person that mm-hmm. wasn't a customer service rep. Oh right. Wait, wait, wait. God, what I'm customer so service rep, rep did you call? I, I mean, just like at Publix or a restaurant or something. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Haven't seen anyone else in person in a week. That's a that's about to start for me because effective tomorrow. I heard. What? Wait, the the, the Orange County thing. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think starting Thursday, Orange County has a two week quarantine. Wait, really? Yeah. I mean, I read I read the rules and guidelines, and they're basically no different from the way people are operating today. I really don't see a difference. It seems uh, like it's the exact same. Hold on. Well, now i got to look this up. Now you're freaking me out. Florida coronavirus update for Tuesday. Orange County mayor issues stay-at-home order. I'm sending you something. Okay. Where are you sending this to me? iMessage. Stay-at-home order. To further combat the spread of COVID-19, Mayor Buddy Dyer issued Orange County. Stay-at-home order for all residents and closing non-essential businesses to Thursday at 11 p.m. continuing through April 9th. You can go to the grocery store, go to a medical appointment, go to a restaurant for takeout, care for a family member, take a walk, ride your bike, jog, and be outside. You cannot go to work unless you're providing essential services as defined by the order. You cannot visit friends and family if there's no urgent need. You cannot maintain less than six feet of space between you and others when you go out. Wow. So that's that basically starts this Friday. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I Okay. <laughs> I. This is the first I'm learning of this. Going to be a fun couple of weeks. And that's through April 9th? So what? Mm-hmm. That sounds so far away. Okay. So that, that starts this Friday, the 27th. The third, and then the, through the ninth, so basically the ten. Yeah, so that's that's two weeks. That's not bad. Wow. Okay, because I because I, what I was gonna say is that starting tomorrow, I'll, I'll still be going to work, but I will be the only one in the office in order to oh really to maintain social distancing and everything. Because we figured there should at least be one person in the office to like answer the phone or whatever. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I guess I guess if you're going to work though, and no one else is there, I guess you can still go to work. I think I think you could get away with that. I could probably get away with it, but like, yeah, I'll I'll have to I'll have to talk to the powers that be and see about yeah. this because this is right, the first time right. running of this. <laughs> yeah, where have you been? Come on, this is old I, news. I, I I haven't been on Twitter in the last uh, couple hours. I'm sorry. Nah, that's all right. That's that's where I would have seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that, see, <laughs> this is, so someone texted me today, uh-huh. and I sent you the, I sent you the screenshot, so you know who it is, but I, I'm not going to say who it is, just to be nice, but 
some someone texted me today and they're like, "Hey, I know you didn't want to come over and hang out last week because of the coronavirus. Would you feel more comfortable coming over this week?" And I, and and like I don't know. Last okay, okay. First of all, I was thinking about this. The last time we recorded a podcast, okay, which was March 10th, was the last time we recorded, right? Uh huh. Yeah. This is this is how fast things have changed since our last recording. <laughs> they changed so quickly. Everything oh my God. everything changed. The last time we recorded a podcast two weeks ago, uh, the, this had not yet been declared a worldwide pandemic by the World Health Organization. Nope. It was it was March 11th that they declared this a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> so like. I feel like I feel yeah, like the, the next la- day our opinions would have been so different. Right. And I feel like in the last week is when people have started to get really serious about this. Do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, I feel like it's been the last week or two. The but- last week or two, but I don't know. I just I feel like I've been like at least a week ahead of everybody else on this, and I say that because I never miss an opportunity to pat myself on the back. Of course. You know, like like uh what was it? Our last recording I said, "Oh, I don't think I'm going to go to my cousin's birthday party." And I didn't go. And they were like, oh, we missed you. It sucks you couldn't, couldn't have been there. And I'm like, what? No, well, of course I'm not there. <laughs> but th- that, was, that was, you know, two or three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 na- and now it's like, I, I feel like now the last week and a half or so is when people are really taking this more seriously. Especially now with the news that you just broke to me. Yeah. Like, and, and yet there's still someone who's like, hey, why don't you come over for dinner? We'll hang out. I got that text today. Like, last week I got the text and I was like, mm, I don't feel comfortable. Like, whatever. This week I got that and I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> like. Right. I had to tell someone and they, and they had the same exact reaction as me. They were like, are they crazy? I, I, I like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was, what I was. I mean, and, and the reason that's so alarming to me is because, like, if they're taking it so not seriously that they're like inviting me over for dinner or whatever that means that they're not taking it serious they're going out they're going to their friend's house who who knows who they're interacting with yeah no that's true and the thing that's so freaky is you could have symptoms for like a week maybe two and be spreading it and not know that you have it right right so like of course and i and i and i know this house there's like six people who live in this house or are, are in and out of the house all the time I'd have to keep track of who everybody who's been in the house and who they interact. People not taking this seriously is it just at this point it freaks me out. And now that there's a stay in place order, whatever. Yeah. I hope people start to take this seriously. But it is like it is baffling to me that I mean, do you know? Do you have people in your life? Do you know people who are not taking this seriously? Because I'm stunned. Um. Yeah, I know. I know people that aren't taking it seriously. <laughs> I, I know. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, this is. I think the I think the boredom is just really overpowering. After a certain point, people just got to do something to get together, and even even if they know it's not right, they're going to do it anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's something to that, right? Like, I, like, I, hold on, where's where's our show notes? Why don't I have the doc open? Yeah, I don't know why. I've been waiting this whole time. Because <laughs> I put where the, where the I put in here he? one of the one of the things I wanted to touch on was um, mental health. Yeah, yeah. Because like you're gonna you're gonna tell people you can't you basically can't leave your house unless you're going for a walk or go shopping for two weeks. You know, like that's gonna that's gonna damage people's mental health, I think. Like I think people should take precautions and worry about that sort of thing. 
Right. Oh, yeah, of course. I Everyone's mean, going to get sad and lonely and depressed. Right. That's why I think I think I saw a couple of days ago that the World Health Organization is no longer calling it social distancing. They're calling it physical distancing because they want to they don't they want to encourage people to still be social, still hang out and talk to your friends. Just do it over the Internet. Just, you know, physical distance, not distance yourself socially for real. Just distance yourself physically from other people. <laughs> I don't think that's going to make anyone feel better, which is which is technically more accurate. Yeah, right? technically. <laughs> So I'm like I'm not I'm not bothered by it. I, I just I'm um, not bothered by it. It just seems really silly. But you know, it's like you know how like these giant organizations are. They're like we want to be as technical and correct as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, they, you know, they're still making the distinction between the coronavirus and COVID nineteen, which I think most people have just given up on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, have no idea about the difference. No, of course not. Why would I know that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. You want me to tell you, or you don't care? You don't care. If, if it's going to be quick, tell me. <laughs> okay. Coronavirus is a type of virus, and there's multiple viruses in the category of coronavirus. Okay. Right? And this the, is just the strain? No. no it's, the, the strain that we're talking about is called SARS-CoV-2. Like, okay. Like uh, acute, what is it? Uh, whatever SARS stands for. Um, no idea. Yeah, I, I have no idea. And then SARS, uh, so that's SARS, and then the COVE is like, oh, severe acute respiratory syndrome, and then COVE, like COV, like coronavirus, and then two, this is the second one, it's a bad sequel. Um, so this is SARS-CoV-2 is the actual like strain of the type of coronavirus that is, that, that is the new one that we're talking about. And then if you, get, if you get this strain of coronavirus known as SARS-CoV-2, then it can lead to the disease known as uh, coronavirus disease 2019. Or COVID nineteen, okay. So it, you know, there's there's the, the group of viruses known as coronaviruses, and then there's the actual strain that everyone's talking about, and then there's the disease that you get when you get this particular virus. Got it. Because you could theoretically have it and not show symptoms, in which case you don't have the disease, but you still have the virus. You see what I'm saying? Oh, okay, okay. I didn't realize that was a distinction. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's very technical. It's it's very pedantic, right? And for most people, like it doesn't it doesn't matter, but like. You know, when you're the World Health Organization, like you care about, you're, you're pedantic when you're in that situation. Yeah, you have to be. I don't know. I just like, like, I, like I, I said to this person today, I'm like, you know, I hope this doesn't last too long. I mean, I, I think it might go on six months. Right, you know, right. I mean, look oh, at look I'm at go out of my mind. Look at what uh, Governor Cuomo said. Was it today or yesterday? He said it could, it could go on nine months. You know, and. And, that this, would be and this, brutal. And this person responded to me. They go, "That is so extreme. Where are you getting your information?" I'm like, uh, "Me? What? I'm getting my information from, from people in lab coats, from the CDC and the World Health Organization, and and Dr. Anthony Fauci." <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Where, what do you mean? And, and this person continues, "The country will collapse if we keep on for six months." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. That's why the stock market is fucking panicking." Yeah. No, it makes sense. I, <laughs> Did did you see what Cuomo tweeted today? I don't follow uh, the governor of a state I don't live in, so no, I didn't. What did he say? I, th- I think someone retweeted or something. Mm-hmm. He he posted a screenshot of like one of his press conferences, I guess. And there's it's just like a, a sidebar that has a few bullets, but he only screenshotted the first bullet. It's him on the <laughs> left, and it says, "Younger people not fully complying." First bullet, <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. I mean i i keep I keep seeing um. Like, it's like at least once a day I see like, oh, this 20-year-old died from the coronavirus. There, wasn't there like a 6-year-old or a 12-year-old who died today from it? It's like, 
I don't know. Try not to keep up with that. Oh, I'm all over it. So uh, see, this is this That's is the big, this is the difference between you and me. I think you're not following this. I am like fucking panicking. Like, really? I am. I am. So, my panic level is through the roof. Wow. I mean, not not really panicking, but like, like, like I just read some stuff in the last week that like really made me realize how fucking bad this thing is. And to like to the point where like I was reading it and like I felt like I wanted to throw up. Because oh, I was God. like, I, I can't believe it's like, I didn't really think about exactly how bad this is. Yeah, I don't want to read whatever you're reading. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be panicking. Why would I want that? I mean, there was, there was one report that was seemed very grim, but they were saying like, you know, this could go on. We, we might need to be doing the, 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 this is the most severe one I saw was that there was one report where they, they, they modeled and like an epidemiologist you know, computer simulation, like what happens if like under different scenarios and different reactions we have. And they said, if we take the most extreme reaction where the entire population is social, social distancing, all schools and universities and businesses are, or the majority of them are just closed and shut down. Right. What happens? And they're like, it works like this, this will actually stop the spread of the virus and it, and it works. But if, but here's the catch. If we ease up on that at all until there's a vaccine, the disease just comes right back and starts killing everybody again. Yeah. Which means, which means we would have to do that for at least 18 months until we can vaccinate the entire population of the planet. Did, did you see how long it's going to take to get a vaccine? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like 18 months. Right, right. And, and like I read that and I felt like I wanted to vomit. I'm like, holy shit. We have, we have, to, do, we have to live like this for a year and a half, maybe two years. Like, <laughs> that, that, that was the moment last week where I went, oh, my God, we're all fucked. Ugh. <laughs> oh. God, now I'm even more annoyed. Now I'm more upset. Thank you. But I, I'm just, I'm just I'm just saying that that's like a doom and gloom. There was an article. Yeah, um, no, I know. There was an article in the New York Times uh, uh, four days ago, which is basically like an eternity ago with how fast things move. But like they they, they had they had two outcomes where they said the the worst version of life a year from now is two million Americans dead. Most buried or just mourned without funerals. Countless others died because hospitals are too overwhelmed to deal with it. Um, and and tens of millions of people are unemployed. Businesses are closed. You know, the, we've come into a complete depression, and we still don't have a vaccine. And worst case scenario, immunity among those who have recovered doesn't work. Like that's a worst case scenario. <laughs> then they said the best. Well, that's be- nice. They said the best case scenario is like is like life goes back to normal in like late summer 2020. The economy has rebounded. Uh, warm weather reduced new infections, which again we don't know if that's actually true, right? Right. Uh, and then maybe a second wave in the fall, but then by then. Uh, maybe the virus has mutated, and so it's less harmful. Some people were immune. We found some drugs that are that effect, are effective in treating it. Thousands of people died, but it's mostly really old people. And then uh, by next year, we have vaccinations for everyone. That's like the absolute best case scenario, <laughs> and it's, and it feels like it's not going to be that. <laughs> and that and that's miserable. Best case scenario is horrible. Right. It's still it's still thousands dead. I mean. Uh, there was they had they had this one guy um, Larry Brilliant, which is such a great name. How great is that name? And he they quoted, I'd love to be Larry Brilliant. I know, right? They quoted him. Uh, quote: The best case is that the virus mutates and actually dies out. Said Larry, Doctor Larry Brilliant, an epidemiologist who, as a young doctor, was part of the fight to eradicate smallpox. Brilliant was a consultant for the movie Contagion, in which the virus evolved to become more deadly. 
but that's the exception. He says, quote, only in movies do viruses seem to get worse. So viruses do mutate, and oftentimes um, they mutate in ways that make them less severe and weaker. So we have that going. And then you just look at all these people who are like, you know, turning over their manufacturing lines to try to create new masks or ventilators and all these things. And it's like, you know, maybe, maybe things won't be exactly as bad as, as the worst case scenario. Um, still seems to be pretty bad. It's going to be sorry. Rough. I'm like going on about this because like it just like this. I, this is all I've thought about for two weeks. Like it just yeah. it's just gotten it's, it's, worse and worse. It's hard to think about anything but this. Exactly. We picked a really good time to start a podcast. <laughs> like they say, may you live in interesting times. Holy shit. These are interesting times. I can't believe you didn't like my idea. What was your idea? I didn't even look at it. What are you talking we about? We release a podcast every day until this is over. Oh, I don't want to be news for anybody. No, I, I was just kidding about that. No, I, but like, no, how, how wild would it be if we just recorded? <laughs> okay, here's what happened today. <laughs> how much have you lost your mind? Right, right. And, you know, it's like the thing that the thing that freaks me out is like the people who aren't taking it seriously. Like that's that's what really worries me, because those are the people who are going to get other people killed. Yeah. Remember, we got it. I got into a whole argument with friends of ours in one of our group chats about science and all this stuff. Uh huh. And I and I, I got into this whole thing and I got in this whole racket and everybody called me a fucking asshole for it. And I'm going to talk about this because none of those people listen to the podcast. So, <laughs> so the, I, everybody called me an asshole and why are you making a big deal about this? Who cares if someone believes something that's silly? And I, and I was making a big deal about it because I go, but, but the thing they're believing is not backed by science. Like the thing they're believing has been scientifically disproven. And, and to put this, this idea, this vibe into the world of like, well, you know, science says this, but can we really trust it? I don't know. There, you know, there's lots of things in this world we don't understand. And, you know, who knows if the science is true? Like, you put that kind of shit out into the world, and then you wonder why people are like, I don't trust these scientists who say we should stay indoors. Right. And it's like, right. it's like no, you cannot have this both ways. Like, you, you, you cannot say, ah, oh, who cares if people believe in ghost stories and all this stuff? And, you know, then you, you're, not allowed to, you're not allowed to turn around and get mad that someone's outside. Like, this is the same thing. Like, you, you, you either listen to scientists or you don't. Right. And, and when, once you start saying that it's okay to question mainstream science where there's a consensus on, what, on, the, on the facts, once you say that's okay and that's acceptable, then, then it, people go off the fucking rails. And, and it, it, making people doubt science leads to people who, who actively mistrust science. And now all those people are going to give us all coronavirus and kill us. And, and that's exactly where we are right now with climate change. Exa- exactly. It's, it's, the, it's the same thing. It's, it mean, I mean, it, and it's so weird to me that, you know what, I don't want to get political. But, like, it's just, it's, in, it's interesting that there's certain groups who pretend like they're all, they're all in on science and then and then and then they believe in all the new age stuff uh-huh. and they you know, and and it's like well that's not okay like you you know you're mad at someone for not believing in climate change and then and then y- you want you want to believe in healing crystals and and homeopathy and and people talking to the dead i mean you can't you can't do that that's not Oh God! It just it, it and 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 I know I, I know I'm an asshole. I know I'm an asshole when I argue when I argue with people about about believing in ghosts. But this is why it matters because yeah, you know because, what it's like. It's it's the Hannibal Burris meme. Why why are you booing me? I'm why right. are you booing me? I'm right. That's exactly it. 
That's exactly it. It's like I, I this this is why it matters right now. Yeah. Because all the pe- because all the people who are who are going outside and going to parties and going to the fucking beach and living it up spring break YOLO, it's all the same people who are like ah fuck the science who knows they don't know anything fuck them they're idiots it's the same exact thing this this, this is why it matters right now it mm-hmm. seems like it's all fun and games and ah no one's gonna get hurt by dis- by by discrediting scientists no one that doesn't hurt anybody to believe in this stuff well you know what now it is holy shit i'm so fired up about this <laughs> oh my god i had no idea you had this in you I- today <laughs> I didn't either. <sighs> yeah. Okay. No, it's. I, I guess I'm. I'm just trying not to pay as much attention to it as you are because I know I'll get as upset. <laughs> I, I probably won't be yelling and screaming, but I don't. I don't want to get this paranoid and worried, even though it's probably totally rational to do so. I just don't want that to be my life for the next possibly 18 months and it's it's not that i'm i'm really not that emotional about the the about like oh am i gonna get it like i'm really not like angry and about about the disease and the and the virus or whatever like like it's just i've kind of gotten to the point where i'm like yeah i'm just gonna not hang out with people in person for the next several weeks maybe months like i'm kind of just starting to accept it and i'm not i'm not getting angry about i'm not getting upset about it and i'm not like i'm not like panicking really i kind of said that earlier as a joke like i'm just like you know I'm not going out. I'm being careful not to touch things like, you know, even like I've been started like when I even if I do want to go to like a drive through or something, I order and pay on my phone. So I don't even have to give them my credit card. Like, so there's just one less thing that they, other people are touching. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm really thankful for right now? Hmm. Apple Pay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm doing on the phone. Exactly. Today I had to hand someone my credit card. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, did you go to a Publix? No, it was a it was a restaurant. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, I'm so, so many of these places. I'm just used to paying with Apple Pay now, and I'm like, oh, this is great. No one has to touch this. Right. Hand some of my credit card. Different story. Yeah, I've I've actually like disinfected my credit card, like wiped it down with wipes and stuff, and because you know it's just like like and it's and I'm like I'm doing these little extra precautions. I'm just I'm not going out too much. I'm not touching too many things. I wash my hands more often than usual, and like. And that's it. And I've just, I've just kind of started to accept it. Like, okay, this is this is just how I live now, right? For the for the foreseeable future. Like, I like I'm, I'm not angry about. It. I'm not like panicking. I'm not like getting anxiety about. Oh my god, am I gonna get it? Am I gonna give it to somebody? I'm not worried because I haven't really interacted or touched anybody in a couple of weeks because I was ahead a little bit ahead of this, and I kind of yeah. have this lifestyle anyway. So I feel pretty confident that I don't have it. And I feel like as long as I keep doing the social distancing, keeping my hands wa- like you know. I'll probably be fine, and I'm probably not going to give it to anybody. So I'm like, I'm not again. I'm not like, emotional about it, about the disease or this new change in lifestyle. Anyway, I, I just am, I just am curious to keep reading about it. I'm because I think you and I are lucky where we still have our jobs, right? Yeah, yeah, we are lucky. So like, I'm kind of in a position where I actually think it's a little bit interesting to be able to kind of just sit back. And like, be incredibly thankful that that my life is not severely disrupted by this. And I can kind of just sit back and kind of like watch the rest of society. Like, okay, how is everyone else going to deal with this? Because I'm removing myself. I'm staying home. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, but how how does the rest of the world deal with this? Because this is this is extreme. Yeah. 
and so it's actually kind of so it's going to be rough for everyone. It's going to be rough for a lot of people. I've, I've been I've been looking at um, the subreddit I, I is uh, just r slash coronavirus that has I think has a lot of good uh, articles on there like every fucking day all the time, and I just kind of skim through that a little bit like in the mornings and stuff, and I don't know. I just I I think it's a little bit interesting to just in terms of like how is the world going to deal with this i think it's interesting to watch it doesn't seem to matter how bad people's situations are though ever everyone is like everyone that i've talked to is very sympathetic towards everyone oh like, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll complain about my situation to some people just just to talk about it and and i i know my situation isn't that bad and they're like oh my god that must be awful i'm so sorry for you this really sucks and then they tell me their side of the story and it's so much worse but like we're all we're just all in this together. See, you know what? That's actually kind of beautiful because it's like I, f- I feel like under normal circumstances you would hear people like, "Oh, well you shouldn't have the right to complain." You're you're li-. and it's like everyone's life is disrupted by this to different degrees and to and in different ways, but like it's what we've all been saying, like we're all we're all in this together, the whole planet. Like yeah. And that's actually kind of beautiful that that's been your experience. I yeah, love I love that. It's pretty refreshing. Yeah, I mean, because that, that's what I would expect from Twitter is that wow, I can't believe you. Do you know what other right. people are going through? Right, and I, and that's 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 great that you know that people aren't acting like that. I think that's fantastic. See, there there is good in this world. There are good people in this world. Look again, look at all the companies who are you know changing their assembly lines to produce things people need. I mean, there's people coming up with like new ways to produce ventilators, be, like or make them more useful or more powerful or whatever, like. You know, in times of crisis, like the human, the human race does have the ability to come together and be inventive and find new ways to solve problems. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, you know, it. It's kind of like how if you 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 read sci-fi in the from the '60s, and like they have flying cars and jetpacks, but they don't have internet. It's because like, well, they didn't imagine it. They could. They literally couldn't even imagine it. Right. And I think sometimes you can't solve a problem. Until you're actually in it. And then people get really creative and really start thinking outside the box. It's like, well, we have to solve this problem now. Like, I don't yeah, know. There's no other option. Ex- exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting. I'm just so that's that's part of, I think, why I'm following it so closely, too, is like I'm kind of interested to just see how the world responds to this and how this whole thing shakes out. I just I just think it's interesting. Yeah, it, it's hopefully the only time we have this experience in our lives. I mean, none of, none of our parents have gone through this. I mean, nothing this this severe. I mean, I think, I mean, if we, I think if we look at the the mortality rate of like roughly two percent or whatever, yeah, I think I think the last the most recent thing that compares to that is the flu of nineteen eighteen or something, right? Nineteen twelve, whatever it is, you know, because like the last the last pandemic was the H one N one in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and that wasn't even that bad. I think I think because I looked it up today, and I think it, I think that pandemic killed like sixteen thousand people total over the course of a year. Th- this coronavirus thing has killed like eighteen thousand people in three months. Right. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm sorry for Not getting. Good. I'm sorry for getting a whole. Wow, I got really worked up. Oh my god. Jeez. This, you know what? This episode will never air. This is never coming out. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I can't believe he went to Tampa. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking. About. Who are you talking about? Tom Brady. Oh my god. That that happened since the last time we spoke. Yeah. Oh my god, that feels like forever ago now. I know, doesn't it? 
It's it's so every, every other sport has shut down. The NFL is the only one that still has news because they just entered free agency. <laughs> there's there's nothing going on with any other sport and everyone's so excited about the NFL and it's not even that exciting. Right. Right. Well, okay, so here's here's my question to you. Why do you think he left the Patriots? That's a really good question. <laughs> if if I if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I think Bill Belichick knows it's time to move on and it's for the good of the team. And Tom Brady wanted to keep playing. And I don't think, I guess he didn't want to take a too much of a discount to stay in New England. And so he was happy to go get as much money as he could with another team. I think that's probably what it comes down to. You think it was about money? Mm, not I think it's more so about Bill Belichick wanting to move on because he's he's done this with tons of players. This is what he's known for is he'll have a really good player on his team and then he'll just let them go. He'll let them go to another team because they want too much money and he knows that he can find someone to fill the void. That's what he's so good at. And there have been so many times as a Patriots fan where he trades someone or lets someone go gets released. And you're just like, what, why would he do that? Like they're a great player. We need them on our team, but he, he finds someone else to fill the void. And I I think the factor that he's so old and he's unfortunately only going to get worse each year, you would imagine that. I think he just thought it was probably time to cut ties. You think, you think Brady's getting worse every year. Yeah, he has to be. I mean, this, yeah, this, this 42, this last year was one of his worst in a while. That's what I heard too. My dad's theory was that Tom wants to Tom Brady wants to prove himself. You know, yeah, because I th- I people have said he's thing. a people have said he's a systems quarterback where he only works inside the New England Patriots system with with Belichick and with their plays and with their, you know, you know what I mean like that's the only yeah. system in, in in which he works supposedly is what people say and he wants I to think prove those to himself. Are crazy. I mean there's I, no there's no doubt those people exist, and I guess they kind of have a point, but I don't think they're right. Well, we're certainly going to find out, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it just you make a good point that he's getting older, he's getting worse, like, and now he's going to a whole new team with a new general manager because they're because they're or um, new new head coach mm-hmm. who who you know he's only been with Tampa Bay what a year or two, probably. They always have a new coach. And it's like a new coach, new players, new system entirely. By the time he learns the new system and gets familiar with everybody, it's going to be a couple years, and then he's going to be done. He's going to retire. Like, yeah, they signed him to a two-year contract. Oh, they I did. Couldn't be- I couldn't believe it was two years. Wow. I I I wouldn't want to. I would go year by year with someone that age. Yeah, that's what I would think too. Well, he and then I think he's going to play these two years for Tampa Bay, and then he's going to he's going to retire as a Patriot. I mean, that's what's going to happen. I That'd think. be nice. I think he, he already he, said he's going to retire with the Patriots. Did he really? I don't I, think I, I saw th- that. I that's what I heard. I it, I'm pretty sure he's always said he wanted to retire at 45. Oh really? If, if he can get there. Hmm. And yeah, he's turning 43 in August. I just I just could not believe it. It just seemed like it just seemed like Brady and Belichick were like this amazing. Pairing, maybe, maybe if you want to throw Bob Kraft in there when he's not getting jerked off by masseuses, but right, right. I don't know. I just, I, I, I couldn't believe that. I mean, supposedly for people who follow this, the writing was on the wall 
but I, of yeah. course, I don't follow this. So for me, it like came out of it was like getting hit by a bus. Like what? Brady's leaving the Patriots? Yeah, it was one of those things you had a feeling was coming. Like, yeah, like you said, the the writing was on the wall for a lot of reasons, but there was always just a part of you that felt like, no, there's no way. He's not leaving the Patriots. He's he's either retiring or he's coming back to the Patriots. That's it. Those are the two options. Right. Because that's what it's been my entire life. Right. I mean, my dad was saying, that, you know, my dad's, my dad's almost 60. Mm-hmm. For a third of his life, Tom Brady has played with the Patriots. Yeah. Like it's that's nuts. that's crazy. I, I guess we'll I guess we'll see how he is as as a player without you know, my I think my dad's theory was that, you know, part of it was he wants to prove himself and part of it was that uh New England didn't give him the wide receivers he wanted. Yeah, it, it, at least this last year he didn't have them, but he he's always found people. <laughs> Even when he doesn't have great wide receivers, he turns them into good wide receivers. That's always been his thing. Supposedly he met with Bob Kraft. Yeah. This is what I heard. I don't know if this is true. But supposedly he met with with Robert Kraft and was like and was and was like this is what this is what I'm doing. I'm leaving. And supposedly Kraft said I I couldn't change his mind. There's nothing, nothing I could say, nothing I could do. Yeah. I, I yeah, I don't know if that's true. But Yeah, I th- I think he went to Bob Kraft's house or mansion wherever he lives to tell him the decision. And he said I think Tom said that was when it felt like it was real when he went over and had to tell him in person that he was gone. Right. He's, he, I guess he always had a shadow of a doubt until then. And then there was that other rumor that uh, Brady was asking, like, hey, if you sign me back on the Patriots, I want, like, part ownership of the team or something. Oh, I never heard that. Uh, uh, that was one thing I think people were flying around. But I find that very hard to believe. That, that's, a, that's a really big ask, even, yeah. even for someone who's been at the team that long. Right. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I just could. I just can't believe you went to Tampa. That, that's what I'm still shocked by. Well, I mean, it makes more sense when I hear about their new coach, whose name I don't know, but supposedly he's an amazing head coach and he's, you know, really good at putting together his own team. And I don't know. I, I think, I think that's something I heard is that that they're they're going to be a good another good pairing supposedly maybe well, that'd be cool. I hope he does well. It just, I just pictured, when I pictured him leaving, I pictured him going to an already good team. Like, the Bucks have been awful for a long time. And I was like, there's no way he's playing for that team. That'd be like if he went to the Browns or something. But this, this feeds into the theory that it's about his ego. See what I'm saying? Oh, it's totally about his ego. It's like, it's like. It's he, more about his ego than his money. Right, because he's taken pay cuts for the Patriots before to get better players. Yeah. So th- this this whole this feeds into the theory that like it's his ego of like I'm going to prove myself. I'm I'm going to split from the Patriots. I'm going to split away from from Belichick and Kraft and I'm going to go to somewhere all new. I'm going to go and maybe I'll even go to a shitty team and I'll uh, I'll be able the one to build it back up. I will be the one who makes this team great. Like again, we don't know what's going on in his head, but like it feeds into that theory that it's all about his ego. I hear people criticizing him more for how old he is and giving him crap for that rather than that he's a system quarterback although you do hear both so if I, if I had to guess it's more about proving that he can still do this at his age than it's about proving people wrong but if he would just stay with the Patriots if that was the only thing it was about it was yeah. he, then he would just stay with the Patriots because yeah, like you're right if that if that was the only thing but I, I think it's about that and mostly Belichick wants to move on 
or knows it's time to move on. I just on. don't understand why Belichick would want to move on from Brady. Like, like even if he was like feeling like, okay, maybe it's time to get to change things up a little, the guy's got to be almost done. He's 42. Right, right. Wait him out a couple years and you can – it's like it just – I don't know. that. Maybe Maybe one day he'll write a book and explain why. Oh, he'll definitely write a book. Yeah, but I mean like a book not about his weird diet or system that he has for staying in shape, whatever that is. Right, right. What is it, TB19 or something? 19, come on. TB12. 12, sorry. What's his number? Come on. Sorry, you're right. I, I forgot it was based on his number. I, I just call him 12 sometime and people get so upset. <laughs> that, all right, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Mostly upsets non-Patriots fans. <laughs> Well, it's upsetting me to even hear you say it. Because so. uh, he'll he'll post on a he'll just post something on Instagram, and I'll I'll text people that you see twelve new Instagram posts, pretty cool. I'm like, what are you talking about? Twelve, Tom Brady, come on. That's that's really funny. Yeah, it's very annoying. Oh, I forgot to hit my my topic about movies. You want to go back? Do you want to go back? Sure, I'm interested to see what this is. Well, are you keeping up with the movies that are coming out now because of the coronavirus? So when I first read this bullet point, movies are coming out sooner, I was like, what's he talking about? Every movie's getting delayed. And then I realized you were talking about movies coming on digital. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, because Frozen 2 is coming to Disney Plus three months earlier than expected. Yeah. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, they, they moved it, the digital release, they moved it up four days earlier than was supposed to be. Let's see. What, I, have, I, have, I made little notes. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Um, never got a digital release date, but if I, I, it did. I don't know. I don't well like like to to own on home video. I couldn't find a digital release date. I thought Onward was the most surprising. Oh, I'll get to that. But like, I was looking at Frozen Two and and Star Wars, and I was kind of and I was doing the math of like, okay, when did these movies? come out in theaters versus when it was the first day you could buy them and for those movies it was about about 12 weeks and so then i was looking at birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn and i was saying okay if it came out in theaters february 7th if we add 12 weeks to that it would have come out may 1st but now it came out today the day we're recording this march 24th um which means that's only six weeks from the first day it's available in theaters yeah so it came out almost six weeks earlier than it maybe otherwise would have if if we're going with this 12 weeks rule that I just made up. Sure. And then Onward, like you said, is the most interesting because came out in theaters March 6th. The digital release date, if, if again, if we add 12 weeks to it, the digital release date would have been May 29th. It's now out. Disney announced last Friday on March 20th. You can just buy it today. Right. Today meaning March 20th when they announced this. Yeah. yeah. That's 2 weeks between theater and release. What a loss for Pixar. And then it's on and and it's on Disney Plus April 3rd, which is just 4 weeks after it was released in theaters. Yeah. And the reason I thought all this was interesting was because it kind of just shows that all these dates about when things come out. By the way, Rise of Skywalker still won't be on Disney Plus until October, but whatever. Okay. But weird. Yeah, of course it's weird. But my point is that I think all these release dates of when you can buy things and when it's available on streaming, 
I feel like we've all just kind of gotten used to the idea that movies come out in theaters and then you have to wait a long time and then you can buy it or stream it. And this just so proves that all that is artificial. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. artificial scarcity. Yeah. And that's one of the interesting things about this about this pandemic is that like it's kind of exposing <laughs> the, a lot of things in our in our society that we just kind of we kind of forgot that oh why are they like that? Like it's they've been like that for so long that we don't really think about it. Yeah, we live in a society. We do. You're right. I shouldn't have used that word. No, I I thought someone made an interesting point online that I guess I forget which movie it was, but some movie that I think hasn't come out yet. They're gonna. You can rent it online, or maybe buy it for like twenty bucks and stream it. I was gonna from, get to this from, too from your home. And it's like, what? What if that's the future for movies? It's gonna be in theaters, or if you just want to watch it at home, you can rent it for a more expensive ticket. This is exactly where I was going. Okay, so Universal Pictures has taken uh, a, a few of their movies: The Invisible Man, Emma, The Hunt. And a movie that you and I have been following very closely, Trolls World Tour. Of course. Um, and you can just rent these for 20 bucks on iTunes. Now, that's four or five times the normal price of a rental, but these are brand new movies. And so that's what I was going to ask you was, what do you think about this? And should this be the new way movies go? And if it is, what would you think about that? You know, I'm thinking it's kind of weird right now. I, I just thought of this, that... You're paying. You're telling me it's going to cost more money for me to rent it and watch it on my shitty TV than it's going to cost to go to a theater and watch it in really good quality. That doesn't seem like it makes sense, does it? I feel like I I get it, but it it is kind of weird. I'm paying more money. It, it, it's for the ease of it. That that's why it's more expensive, but for a worse experience. I mean, I I like going to the theaters though. Might not be for everybody. See, I don't. I I hate going to the theater. Oh come on! I hate no. You have to you have to deal with other people. People are talking. They're on the phone. You got to get a seat. You, I mean, it's a whole it's a whole ordeal. Could you imagine seeing Infinity War alone in your house for the first time? I would have loved that. Oh, that would have been miserable. I would have loved it. Give me a break. I, I would have paid. On. I I told you this before Endgame came out. I would have paid fifty dollars to watch it alone in my house. You never told me that. I we we absolutely <laughs> had this conversation. Maybe I, because I don't because I don't want to be. Bu- Matt, <laughs> you and I saw Infinity War, and right in front of us there were people talking the whole movie. Yeah. I I would. But you want to go to the theater? Anything. I nothing was better. Than seeing Thor enter Wakanda and having the entire theater, hundreds of people erupt. It was so much fun. That is, that is, I, I, oh I will say, God. I will say, in both Infinity War, although more so Endgame, but both movies were some of the best theater experiences of my life. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, Avengers, seeing Avengers Endgame in theaters opening night with a huge group of diehard fans who had also never seen it, it was, it was the most exhilarating experience I've ever had in a theater. Yeah, of course. Not only do I like going in theaters, I like going on opening night. I know that's not for everybody, but there's just something about the opening night buzz. I'm one of the first people to see this that I like so much. It's so exciting. Well, I like being one of the first people to see it. I agree with you. And as of right now, or maybe up and up until now, uh, the only way to be one of the f- first people to see a movie is to go to the theater. 
Yeah. But if I could somehow divorce those two things, I would really prefer that. Hmm. Because I just, I just, I hate going there and you got to park and you got to get your friends together and you got to all sit together, you got to get seats. I guess now it's, is it easier or worse with reserved seating now? Because then if you buy tickets separately, you got to make sure you're sitting together and that. It's easier if you have responsible friends. I guess I get, well, that's actually a really good point. That's true. But like, then that can be a a debacle if you don't have responsible friends like me. And like, and and then and then people want food, and then people talking, and people get up, and they want to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, I I don't know. It's I guess it's it depends most of the on time the movie. not for me. Yeah, maybe. I I would never want to see a Marvel movie at home when I could see it in theaters, but for maybe some of these, I don't know. Really, you got you so got to see movies. You got to see Ant Man and the Wasp on the big screen, huh? That's yeah, really that's really to. important to you. Okay, come on. It's not seeing Ant Man like giant Ant Man on the big screen. It's cool. <laughs> Come on, but no. uh, I don't know what's what's a very like not that exciting but good movie that just came out. Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're right. Fine. But I I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking like Lady Bird or something. Do I need to see Lady Bird in theaters? Not really. I'd pay more to see that at home. I guess. I'm, I gotta say, I'm really happy that Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn is out, because yeah, I wanted to see that, that in theaters, because I, I wanted to see it, and um, I just didn't get around to it, and then and then this fucking coronavirus happened, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to the movies now, and um, now I can just watch it. Probably yeah. do that tomorrow. There you go. It's a good movie. That's what I've heard. You know, you know what I was annoyed about with all this? What? Uh, when I when I first found out that Frozen Two was getting put on Disney Plus, my f- my initial reaction was like, "Oh, that's kind of nice." And then like two seconds later, I got annoyed. <laughs> Why? They, they, I saw the news and they sent an email and everything. Like, this is so great. While this is going on, you can you can watch this movie and you don't have to go outside. And this will keep you in the house and keep you safe from the virus. It's <laughs> like this is what you're doing. What, what what donate to charity help people i i'm not gonna say that this isn't helping people but it's hardly an impact i was so annoyed it's like come on this is the best you can do you're disney for god's sake come on well you know they're really hurting right now not having their parks open they're really <laughs> that's true i'm sure i'm sure they're they're struggling so much financially yeah, it's got to be pretty rough. Pretty rough to be the mouse right now. Yeah, the the Walt Disney Corporation's really in the red. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, hold on. I think I had another topic. What? What? Okay, hold on. All okay. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the doc. This is your show. Uh, yeah, up until you're ready to go, because you're gonna. You're, I know. I I know you're gonna fucking pop off. I I just know it. I just know it. Um, I think the last thing I wanted to mention. I thought this was kind of interesting. This is a rumor. Do you care about this in the doc, what I'm highlighting? Do you see this? Do you care about this at all? Yes, Hello? I do. So this is a rumor that Apple is testing new iMessage features like mentions and retracting messages. And supposedly it could extend to the Mac app. Supposedly this is like an iOS 14 thing. But, you know, again, it's just a rumor. But um, what do you think about this? Because I, I, first of all, I really like the the mentions thing because I think that's desperately needed. It, this is an area where Facebook and Discord are are much better, and the idea that it, that it could come to a Mac app makes me very happy because the Messages app on the Mac is so bad because it's not it's like this weird 
web view thing. It's not like a real app. So the idea that they could be making a real app for the Mac is really nice. I mean, what what do you what do you care do you care about this or you don't use iMessage enough? I don't really have a strong opinion on this, but I, I'm happy to see it. Mentions and retracting messages are going to be very nice. What I I hope something included is this is that you can ignore um, notifications about reactions. That'd be nice. Because it's, it's annoying whenever I see a group chat that has 30 messages and then I click on it and there's only 15 actual messages. 15 of the notifications were for reactions. It'd be nice to turn that oh, off on yes. a chat-by-chat basis. Yeah. I, I think that should just be a blanket setting, don't you? I mean... Well, no, because if I'm texting someone individually and I'm texting them with plans, like, hey, oh, so are we meeting this right. place this time and they just like the message... I want to get that notification, but for a group chat, I don't really care that much. That's a that's a really good point. Could you explain something to me? Okay. I I've always I mean it makes it makes sense obviously, but I feel like I can't explain it from a tech standpoint. Oh boy. Why <laughs> why is it that it's so much easier for an app like Facebook Messenger or Discord to make these changes than it is for an entire software system like iOS? If okay, I see I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a developer. But honestly, my guess is that it's not. Really? My my honest guess on this is that Apple has forced themselves into this like yearly update cycle where like every year they announce new features and then they push all those features out a few months later and then that's it. And then and they and they're constantly working on updates and features and adding things. They're constantly working on this stuff all year. But I think it's like a, a company culture of like, oh no no no, when, when it, we don't we don't release it until we get to make the big announcement about it. Hmm. But because like like look at this cursor thing that just came out on iPad, right? Right. It's like that was never announced at WWDC for iOS 13. It was it was never announced, but they just did it. So I actually think Apple is getting a little bit better about this. About like if you have a feature. And it's done. Just put it out. Like you don't need to wait six months so that you can make an announcement about it, and then put it in a beta for three months, and then release it to the public. Like just if it's done, just ship it. Like yeah, like the always on watch face. Well, that's different because that's a, that's a hardware thing. Okay, never mind. <laughs> How do you know about that? <laughs> well, I, I just I just know people when that came out, people were saying they didn't expect that for years from Apple. Oh yeah, I think I think that was um, kind of unexpected. I mean, it was one of those things that we kind of always knew was on the list, but I, I, don't, I think when it happened, people didn't expect it to be so soon. I think everyone thought it was at least an, another year or so down the road, right? But that, that that's an example of that it was an actual like hardware technical limitation. The way the way they did that was very interesting, where they actually changed the refresh rate on the screen when you're not looking at it, so it's only doing one frame a second instead of sixty. So it saves a lot of battery and stuff that way, and so yeah, huh, which is okay. actually yeah, so that which is why that's a hardware thing. You have to buy the the I think it's the series five. You can't get that on any of the other the earlier watches because they just don't have that hardware support. Right. Um, but as far as like iMessage features like that, it's like yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There is no reason. I, well, I, at I, least I think I was hoping you would. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could be wrong, but I was hoping you would have a reason. Like, oh, this is why because software for an entire phone is way more difficult than software for an app. Like that's that's how I imagine it in my head, but I I can't explain that from a technical standpoint why that's true. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not totally sure that that is true. I mean, I don't I don't know a lot about it, but it's not like there's a team of people who work on 
iOS. Like there's people who work on the iOS messages app and there's people who work on reminders. Like in, so there are people working on individual apps and then they all pull their resources together and it all gets packaged as part of a software update. Yeah. Which is in some ways a, a detriment to Apple. Like remember, remember there was that glitch on iOS where like you would type something and it would give you like a weird symbol instead of the right letter. Do you remember this from a few years ago? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, that's coming to mind. I don't know. There's there's been like there's been little issues, like little glitches in certain apps, or like there wasn't there a glitch where like if you sent someone a, a message with a certain character in it, it would like crash Springboard or crash the phone or something. <laughs> that and sounds it's like, about right. And it's like little things like that that really are just like a minor, maybe maybe a few lines of code or like a minor fix, or whatever. But like because of the way Apple packages their software, it's like they have to ship an entire update to the entire operating system right. in order to fix this minor problem with one app. Yeah, because you never get a you never get a update notification for messages. Right, because it's it you know which is also the same reason that you can't actually delete system apps. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can hit the X and the app icon goes away, but it's not actually removed from the phone because it's technically part of the operating system. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So if you if you ever do delete the reminders app, like and you go to re-download it from the app store, that's the fastest download you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds, watch me. Exactly. So anyway, yeah, but uh, going back to this, like I, I I think it's good that Apple is um, trying to keep up with their competitors because I think iMessage has kind of become like a social, almost like a social network. It's definitely a social messaging app, right? And it's it's frustrating that they're always behind. Yeah, because there, there's some instances where, like, everyone in the group chat has an iPhone, so we use iMessages. But I'm like, mm, sometimes it would be nice to use some of these messages feed or messenger features. Some of them are pretty good. Right. Like, the, the ability to reply to people mm-hmm. is, a, is a great feature. And, and I've, been, I've been really enjoying the, the ability on, on Discord to have different channels for different topics of conversation. Oh, that's very nice. It's, it's great, you know, and, and that way you don't have people having two or three different conversations all in line with with each other like you can you can split these up into different channels and have multiple conversations at the same time and it's not confusing and cluttered yeah. you know i i don't know how you could ever implement that in, in iMessage but i don't know I'll, it's it's interesting all these different apps have different features and different different use cases almost so i think it's interesting no yeah, yeah definitely is i ho- hope to see them someday yeah we'll see we'll <laughs> boy wwdc is here is going to be interesting huh what online zoom wwdc <laughs> yeah exactly that it'll be interesting to see see what they do um we're running a little bit long do you want to go into our our main topic tonight i i think we're right where we want to be i th- i think so I, so this is um i was i was thinking around the hour mark yeah so this is kind of our this is kind of like our first uh, spoiler slot should we should we explain how spoiler slots work for the audience? Why don't you go ahead? So, uh, spoiler slots work differently on different podcasts, but the way it's going to work on Acrasia, our show, is after this point, we are not going to talk about anything except for the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. That's the spoiler slot we've chosen for today. If you don't care to listen to it, this is the end of the show for you. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to hear this, this is all we're going to be talking about until the end. So... Tyler, if you want to blow the horn. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I did not do my homework at all. I totally peanut buttered on this. 
Well, um, I mean, I didn't really <laughs> expect you to do homework because you you've watched them within the last year. Yeah, I I watched them a little less than a year ago, and honestly, I don't really remember what happens because they're not good movies. Yeah, they're not that good. They're not that good. Um, I, I, so here's what I did. I, I read the Wikipedia plot synopsis for each movie. There you go. Which I, sometimes I was like, really that happened? I, oh yeah. I, I kind of remember that now. And then I watched, um, the cosmonaut video on right. the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah. And it's a good video. Yeah. That, and that's about it. So <laughs> you watched this, this trilogy, what, for the first time? So I think I had seen Spider-Man one probably when I was like six or seven years old when it first came out and I'd never seen it since and I never saw Spider-Man 2 or 3. So this is like your first time watching all three of these movies all together. Yeah, and pretty much my first time seeing the first one. I remember like, I remember like a couple shots from the first one from when I saw it that young. But it might as well have been the first time watching it. So, Matt, what did you think? (laughs) So the reason I watch these movies is there's a great podcast out there called The Incomparable, and I'm always behind on podcasts, and sometime last summer, they did an episode on each one of these movies, and it, I finally got them in my queue, and I, they were up next, so I was like, all right, time to watch these movies and listen to these podcasts, because it's a great podcast, and I want to hear what they have to say, and I've heard these are great movies, too. Everyone loves this trilogy. I'm excited to watch it. Watch Spider-Man 1. I didn't. I don't really have a strong opinion on this movie. I didn't, I didn't put Raimi Trilogy in the show notes for us to talk about until I saw Spider-Man 2. Because that's when I really had things to say. Spider-Man 1, it's like the most average superhero movie you've ever seen. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's got good moments. Story is like pretty boring. But Willem Dafoe knocks it out of the park. Green Goblin is cool. It's cool to see Spider-Man on screen. That's always fun. Tobey Maguire is not good at all <laughs> as Peter Parker. I, I, t- I totally agree. I, I do not get the appeal at all. What do you what do you think of Harry, of uh, Harry Osborn? What's his name? James Franco. Yeah. So I actually like him in this role. So I think at he's least okay. in the first movie. Yeah, I think he's okay in this role. Yeah, but so, it just doesn't feel like something James Franco should be doing. <laughs> well, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, I've never seen a a rendition of Harry Osborn on screen that I like, so I can't even really compare it to anything. Like it's it's better than the Amazing Spider Man Harry Osborn, but. I still don't love it. It's it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, I haven't seen either of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah, I, j- I just watched those two. I'm on a real Spider-Man kick right now. Clearly. So, what what is the appeal of Tobey <laughs> Maguire as Peter Parker? I really don't get it. He's like, I get he's like a shy, sort of awkward character. But whenever I watch these, I was like visibly cringing and upset at some of the things that he says in these movies. And I, I wrote specific instances down in the show notes that I want to reference more from the second movie. Cause I don't, I think it's way worse in Spider-Man two, but it's, it's just a very lifeless, dull performance. No line like in the entire movie comes off as genuine. Like there's nothing in here that I believe it, <laughs> it feels like I'm watching Tobey Maguire play Peter Parker. It doesn't feel like I'm watching Peter Parker. Do you, do you feel the same at all? I, this? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't understand why he's Peter Parker. Like, the whole thing doesn't make sense from the beginning. Yeah, it's like so, 28. <laughs> right. I mean, the casting... I, you, you mentioned Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin you like. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm with you on that. I think he's fine. 
his character is just so batshit crazy <laughs> that it <laughs> he works. does a great job. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind, I kind of agree, and and I don't, and I, I don't mind James Franco as Harry Osborn. I, I, I like Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. I, I like, I actually kind of like a lot of the casting. I, I don't like the casting of the main character. I know. And that's so, the so most like from that point one. on, it's like, well, none of it works, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. the entire enjoyment of a Spider-Man movie depends on who is playing Peter Parker and how well they do. Right. And it is not good. It just leaves you wanting more the entire time. It's so frustrating. <laughs> oh, God. And I wrote, to, is, he, is he a bad actor or is it the writing? I really don't know. Cause, like, some of these, I have no idea. Some of these scenes, like one thing I hate in movies is like the stereotypical bully scene that's never happened in real life to anyone ever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> like, You're right. That does happen in this. Like people are throwing food at him stuff. People are tripping him on the bus. Like may, may, maybe this happened in a life before mine, but like this right. doesn't really happen. And right. I mean, this, it's not a problem with this movie. It happens in tons of movies where I'm like, okay, great. Here's the bullying scene. But it's like, it's like straight out of Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's very frustrating, but... Really, I don't have super strong opinion. I mean, the, the, the sto- what what is even the story of Spider Man One? I barely know. It's <laughs> it's all about Mary Jane Watson and oh god, the horrid narration. I had no idea there was oh going to be narration in these movies. Oh, I know. I I total. I like blocked that out of my memory. It's it's so bad. I couldn't believe it. And it's, it's terrible. It's, it's so weird. And it's <laughs> terrible through the entire trilogy. That's the funny thing. He yeah, never gets it, better at it. No, it's it's awful like he, there's 30 seconds of narration at the beginning and then 30 seconds of narration at the end you can't do that <laughs> you have to have narration throughout the movie because when it comes back at the end i'm like oh right there's a narrator here. you're right it's, i completely forgot right at least at least in like goodfellas like he narrates through the entire movie but in spider-man it's like the beginning and then you completely forget about it and then it comes back and it's like yeah. jarring at that point yeah yeah, the, the oh God, it's awful. So the like he says in the narration, that's where I was going with this. Is he talks about like any good story, it's all about a girl, Mary Jane Watson, and so that's really just the plot of the movie. It's him like in love with this girl that he can't get, and at the end of the movie, he doesn't get her because he decides is, not to. Yeah, he decides not to, which like could be interesting, but I don't know. It's just. <laughs> It's one of those things that I wish like happened near the middle of the movie or something, and then it changed at the end, because then then you just feel like the, he didn't accomplish his goal the whole time. I mean, I th- I think the idea is interesting, like the, the idea of like, oh, I'm going to decide not to not to be with you because it's the right. It, there's a, there's a universe in which that can be done well. <laughs> I think I think it's frustrating here because I know that means the next movie is going to be about this again. <laughs> You're right, and it is, and I don't want to do it again. And you and we're gonna do it again. You're right. right. So yeah, Spider Man One, two thousand two. Overall, I give it a thumbs up. There's nothing great about it. Don't besides Willem Dafoe, besides Willem Dafoe. What I remember is like I, I remember watching it and feeling like there's parts of this that work, and there's other parts of this that are like, what on earth is happening? I don't even like like I remember I remember finding it very hard to like give a rating to all of these movies because I, I remember feeling like all of them are such a bizarre mixed bag 
of like things that sort of work and like I'm like oh that's an interesting idea they're playing with and then they but then they don't do it right or they have one scene that works but it's like book ended by scenes that are that are so awkward and strange it's like I like 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 I feel like there's parts of of like at least one and two where I feel like there's parts of it that are like a four star and there's other parts that are like a two star and I'm like I don't know what to do with this like it's not like it's not even like it's consistently awful or consistently great or even consistently mediocre through the entire thing. They're they're so all over the place. Yeah, it, no, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty it's, rough. It's, it's very strange. So that okay. So are you wrapping it up on the first movie? Yeah, like like I said, I really I I didn't have a strong opinion on this one. I was like, it's very average. The story is passable, but the action is fun. There's some good characters in there. Whatever, it's fine. I'd watch it again. I guess I didn't really care to talk about it after that because I don't have much to say. So luckily we get a better movie coming up next with Spider-Man 2. That's what they tell you. Yeah, because that's the case. That, I mean, it's, it's definitely better than the first one. So, <laughs> I was so excited to watch Spider-Man 2. When, when, when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, I get that, th- yeah, that was the first Spider-Man movie I ever saw in theaters, was Spider-Man Homecoming. And I liked it a lot. That's a great movie. I remember everyone talking about the movie afterwards and was like, yeah, you know, that was that was one of the better Spider-Man movies. But, you know, I don't think it reaches uh, Spider-Man 2 potential. I don't, I don't think it's as good as Spider-Man 2. And I was like, all right, well, I haven't seen the movie. I, I like this one. Maybe one day I'll get around to seeing Spider-Man 2. But it's it's in my book. It's uh, everyone says it's great. I'll check it out. I've I've never been so betrayed. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was I was so excited to watch this movie. Like I, I was, I was traveling that weekend and I, I, I was going to watch this movie on Sunday night before work, get my week started on a good note. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was furious. It was like I'd been lied to my entire life. Everyone was telling me that this was the Holy Grail of Spider-Man movies. And I was like, are you kidding me? This was awful. There's hardly anything good about it. Oh my God. It's not even like. It's not even like one of those movies that a lot of people like and I'll watch it and I'm like, you know, it's not my favorite, but like I see the appeal of it and I get why people like it and I get why fans and critics give it good reviews. This, I was like, what are you people talking about? This was a bad movie. <laughs> I don't, I was so upset. I okay. couldn't believe it. I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I think it's, it's, it's funnier. It's, um. I don't know. I I remember enjoying it. I think it's a little a little bit better put together than the first movie, but it's still not great. I I'm I'm not going I'm not going to say it's a great movie. I'm not going to act like it's because you're right. There are people in this world who hold up Spider-Man 2 as like one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. And 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 I I cannot even begin to get inside that person's brain. And and understand it because it just it doesn't make sense. It's 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 like, to like to me it's like yeah it's it's good like it's better than the first one and it's enjoyable I guess and okay it but like there's nothing there's nothing amazing there's nothing, nothing outstanding about it right no of course not it's not that good oh god I I'll get into the specifics of what I don't like about it but Please. like I I I stay like I couldn't fall asleep that night for like an hour. I was so mad. I was just like <laughs> tossing and turning in my bed. Like you all have lied to me for so long. I was so excited to watch this movie and I couldn't have been more let down. 
It was horrid. Oh my god. Can I just read this? Um, I I was I was looking at reviews of Spider Man Two on Letterboxd, and I found this one review I really liked um, from Letterboxd user Antonio. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm gonna read a little bit of, bit of this. Go for it. I was eager to revisit this mainly due to the recent surge of defense and adoration of the Raimi trilogy in response to Spider Verse. And let me, let me be clear. I'm rating this three stars purely because of my nostalgia for this film, because it was very much not good. I'm so glad we have Spider-Verse now, and the PS4 game, and even Homecoming. The latter understood Peter and his relationship to New York far better than this, and Spider-Verse truly grapples with Spidey's mythology, symbolism, and emotional resonance in a way Raimi's trilogy never could. This movie gave me a lot of happiness as a child and introduced me to a character that helped me feel less alone and scared, and for that, I'll always be grateful. But we can't let nostalgia blind us. A lot of things from our childhood won't age well. That's what growing up is. This reality will never tarnish my memories. This film took care of me, but it's flawed. And that's okay. And I kind of feel like that review sums up, I think, part of what we're saying here. is like, this is a movie that I think a lot of people, not you, because you never saw it, but me, like... And a lot of people, I think, around our age enjoyed these movies when we were kids. Because it was like some of the first... It was it was an era where people I think were finally starting to take superhero movies seriously, or at least trying to do like serious versions of superhero movies. You know what I mean? Like the Adam West Batman was a thing of the past. Now we're trying to take these seriously, and I think a lot of, and a lot of people latched onto that, and we grabbed onto the character of Spider Man, and we enjoyed it when we were ten. But we look back now, and it's like, well, we have we we have to acknowledge that these aren't these aren't great. And I think I kind of think it's what a lot of people are doing when they look back on these and say this is one of the greatest superhero movies ever. Like I, I can't begin to understand what they mean unless they're wrapping it up with nostalgia. You know what I mean? That's the only way it makes sense to me. No, I th- I think you're totally right that nostalgia is playing a huge factor here. But I'm I was trying to think of like another comparison. I think the best one is probably like Episode Four, A New Hope, where if you watch that movie today, it's definitely not as good as if you watched it when it came out or if you watch it at a much younger age. But I still think it's a great movie. Right. I, I really enjoyed it watching it for the first time not too long ago. This, I did not get the appeal of it all. Like, it, <laughs> it must be completely blind nostalgia. There is nothing here. I mean, well, okay. <sighs> what, what about the scene with Doc Ock in the hospital? Come on. Okay. That, that was good. So I mean, there there was some stuff I liked about the movie. There, there, that was good. I mean, all all of the action scenes are good. It's it's Spider Man action. It's usually hard to mess up. I think they got it right. That those are like the positives of the movie. And yeah, that that doctor scene is very good. Well, because it's it's Sam Raimi getting to do horror because that's yeah that's what he's good at. Right. <laughs> so off the bat, the reason this movie really isn't good is because the writing is awful. Peter Parker and Tobey Maguire are still as bad as they were in the first movie. There's nothing to like there. The romance is unbearable, and I'll <laughs> I'll go into more of that later. But all all was, the di- all the dialogue is bad in in all the movies. Yeah, you're the one who's out, Gobby, out of your mind. Unbelievable. <laughs> and this was one of the instances of the movie where you watch a movie sometimes and you find one thing that you don't like about it, and it upsets you. And then the entire rest of the movie, you find other things that you didn't like about it because you got upset about something and now you're trying to be more critical and more annoyed. And that's what happened to me with this movie. I was just trying to find everything that I didn't like about it. Yeah, because sometimes you can, kind of, you can get wrapped up in a movie and you don't notice or you don't mind the yeah, little exactly. things here and there. Right. But, but if you're already put off, 
then you definitely start to notice the little things more and more. And so the I think the biggest one for me that I was really annoyed about is there is no reason for this villain to be Doc Ock. It makes absolutely no sense why he's this character. Well, because it's in the script. Exactly. <laughs> That's the only reason. So his his whole thing in this movie is he is trying to come up with an alternate energy source to power the city, which is all great, whatever. And so he gives this presentation where he's like, okay, and here's my crazy ball of energy that I'm going to use. And it's going to save so much money and save so much energy. And it's going to be great. It's going to save the world. All right, whatever. And so that's, that's his shtick. That's what he's working on the entire movie. And then the mechanical arms are just like a sidestep of that. Like, and then like he goes to work on that and do the demonstration. He's like, also, I'm just going to put on these random mechanical arms that I also happen to invent. <laughs> It has nothing right. to do with the character. You're right. I forgot about that. It makes it. You're right. It's insane. Yeah. And so like, it's not even, he, he has other people, all, all he has the mechanical arm for is to help him do the demonstration instead of having the people <laughs> that he's working with help you're him right. do the demonstration. Why did he need to build like six giant robot arms that attach into his spine? Right. And when there's, there's four people standing on his left and right that Just can so help him do what he needs to a, do. Just pick up a piece of the sun or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, Why don't exactly. you just make one arm? Why don't you just use one of those little extender things that like you help you pick up stuff off the floor? Just use that. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, exactly. Something like that or just one of the people on your team. And it's like I was like, wow, there is absolutely no reason for him to be Doc Ock. He should have been Electro. It's all about energy. It should have been Electro. Maybe I don't know like Electro how he came to be like in either. the Spider-Verse canon, but like it makes more sense for him to be Electro. It has to do with energy. There is no reason for him to be Doc Ock. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and I noticed that and I was like, wow. When, when, when there's no reason for the villain to be who he is, it, the movie really starts to lose you. That's a really good point. Because like, ideally, a villain should be... It should have something to do with the protagonist. Right. Like the protagonist and the antagonist should almost... They should almost be like two sides of the same coin or like mirror opposites or... You know, I mean, like, you, like even even Spidey and Green Goblin is, okay, Peter's into science and Norman Osborn's a scientist. And, okay, I can sort of see how they're both, how they're kind of connected there. You know, you look at, like, you know, like, compare it to the other, quote-unquote, greatest superhero movie of all time. Like, Batman in the Dark Knight. It's like, okay, well, his rule is never kill anybody. The only way to get rid of Joker is to kill him. Like, right. it, they're, they're evenly matched in that way. They're a good fit for each other as as you know, hero and villain. You're right. There's no, there's no, there's nothing like that for, for this Peter Parker and this Doc Ock. There's totally nothing there. And there's no reason for him to have the arms. Like, so the, the, what I, what I was thinking of watching the movies, I just played Spider-Man PS4, which is a great game, a great version of the Doc Ock story. It's, it's so interesting to play that game and then to watch this movie. Because <laughs> yeah. you see it, the ways that the game did it completely, completely right. Right. And so the reason he becomes Doc Ock in PS4, spoiler for that, is he has a disease where he's beginning to lose the the use of his muscles and he's getting frustrated and he's like under pressure and he's he's working on prosthetics throughout the whole game that's going to help him and other people in the world be able to come over this deficiency. Right. The whole thing and, makes sense. Yeah. And so when he becomes Doc Ock, it's like, oh, he's overcome what he was trying to 
but also he's starting to go a little bit crazy for, for, for multiple different reasons. So it all really makes sense. And I totally buy it. There is nothing here like that. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You're it right. So frustrating. You're so right, Matt. I know. <laughs> God, this movie's not good. I, it wow. I'm, good. I'm, I didn't really real. I didn't realize how many notes you took about, about these movies. I, I, cause I, I kind of avoided looking at the doc cause I knew you were putting stuff. Boy, you made a lot of notes here. Yeah, I'm. We're like not even bad. halfway. Okay, all right, keep going. <laughs> um, so I mean, that was the biggest one. Like you put you put dialogue in here. You hate yeah, it so much. I, I just want to read the dialogue to prove how bad it is. All right, let's. All right, let's let's role play here. No, uh, oh I'll God. be okay. I'll be I'll be uh, Mary Jane Watson, and you can be Peter Parker. You want to do that? Sure. I like seeing you tonight, Peter. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> What a great no, line. No one in the entire world has ever said, oh boy, yeah, to somebody. Like, I don't know how they wrote these scenes. God, it's, it's not even like it's awkward dialogue and he's just not selling it. It's just something that no human has ever said to another person. <laughs> like, this is unthinkable. How did they come up with this? Oh boy, yeah. It's not even, he did, he, they might as well have not written anything. You're right. It's not a response. There's, there's no, there's that could have been there. the end of the scene. I like seeing you tonight, Peter. Next scene. There's nothing there. God, there's so many times in the in this entire trilogy where someone says something to Peter and he just says something completely inhuman or just stares at them blankly and doesn't respond at all. It's unbelievable. Just say something. Like it's so robotic and weird. Like it's it's really not human. I don't get it at all. Oh God. Here's the first line of the movie. Okay. She looks at me every day. Mary Jane Watson. Oh, boy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what does that mean? I, that, first of all, it's, it's narration. So I'll give him some credit that nobody's ever said that before. But no one's ever thought that to themselves. Oh, boy. It's, there it's, she is. It's almost like it's a different problem than the Star Wars prequels problem. Because like the problem with the prequels is the dialogue... There's there's zero subtext. Yeah. Like there's not you can't read into it. It's like what whatever they're feeling and thinking, it's exactly what they're saying. Right. Whereas <laughs> the Peter Parker dialogue in these movies, it's like he's not even thinking anything, but he's talking. Like there, like there's no subtext, but there's no text. He's not saying anything. <laughs> right. He's just saying, Oh boy. Oh boy, yeah. He's not saying anything. <laughs> and so here's another great instance of this. Is I I I rewatched just this clip yesterday. This is unbelievable. They they, just, they cut to a completely new scene. Peter Parker is awkwardly staring out of his window from his apartment, talking to no one. He's speaking out loud. This is not narration. And with absolutely no inflection in his voice, no sense of anything genuine at all, he speaks, am I supposed to have what I want, what I need? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. This is the Holy Grail of Spider-Man. You guys are out of your mind. I've been lied to. This is terrible. Oh, my God. I, I get that it's like a corny and cheesy movie, but you can only go so far with that. Oh, my God. Before before it just becomes weird and unwatchable. But it, it it's corny and cheesy without trying to be. Like, there there are movies that, like, I I think, anyway, I think there are movies that, like, they know what they're doing. They know they're being cheesy. That's part of the fun. I don't think this movie knows that it's cheesy. I don't think they're aware of it. I don't think that's what they're going for. Yeah, <laughs> which makes no, it not really worse. 
Well, until we get to the next movie, and we'll get to that. Isn't Spider-Man 2 the movie that has the weird plot with... You know what? Why don't you just keep going? (laughs) So right after that great line of dialogue I just mentioned, the next thing that happens... This is is the... uh, He's staring out of his apartment window, talking to himself. Am I not supposed to have what I want, what I need? What am am I supposed to do? (laughs) Right. Really makes you think. Um, So the, the thing that happens right after that is so weird. The girl that lives across from his apartment knocks on the door. Would you like some chocolate cake? Okay. And a glass of milk? That would be nice. (laughs) And then they cut to them doing that, and they're just eating in silence. (laughs) This is all the same scene. It's the same scene. That's amazing. They cut to them like finishing the chocolate cake, and they're just sitting there. What is going on in these movies? This character that's had like two lines up to this point, who's just kind of like weird. Like, does she have a crush on Peter? Like, I don't get it at all. Now they're eating chocolate cake. Would you like some chocolate cake? Okay. <laughs> Sounds like someone who doesn't want chocolate cake. And a glass of milk. Yeah. That You're would be right. Nice. Does she have a crush on Peter? M- it's maybe. Sort, it's like, I can't tell if they want me to think that or not. <laughs> okay. So here, here's a really bad uh, Peter Parker MJ exchange of dialogue. All right. And this was one of the ones where I was like disgusted. I, I, I like I probably lurched back in my seat like you've got to be kidding me. This is so gross. You don't understand. I'm not an empty seat anymore. I'm different. Punch me. I bleed. Oh, my God. Wait, who's saying that? <laughs> That's Peter. <laughs> Nobody has ever said punch me. I bleed to another person. Oh, my God. I, I would I would tur- I would never talk to that person again if they said that to me. <laughs> I would be immediately turned off, have no interest in that person, and not respond to another text or phone call again. (laughs) And right after that, Mary Jane Watson says, I have to go now. You are different. She gets in a cab, and she's like staring at, there's like a few seconds of dialogue, like before she's, or a few seconds of screen time before she's in the cab, where he's just like staring at her, and she's closing the door, and he just stares at her and says nothing. You got to say, oh, God, it's like, it's fine to say nothing, but it's just the way where he just like completely stares her down the entire time. Well, it's like either don't look at her and just kind of walk away and make a sad face or say something. I'm guessing he just does neither. He has no expression on his face. Of course not. Of course not. He's just staring blankly. It's unreal. God, he's so creepy and it's so bad. It's really bad. Okay, Here, here's, here's another instance where, <laughs> am I doing too much of this? No, I love um, this. I love this. All right, here's another instance where I think it's Tobey Maguire who's a bad actor. The writing here isn't bad. So this is the very end where like a wall is about to fall down on MJ and he, he like goes, like stands underneath the wall, props it up, save her from being cr- uh, crushed underneath it. And she goes, hi. And he goes, this is really heavy, which is not a bad line. If you deliver that line well, it's good and it's funny. But (laughs) it's the same thing where like whenever he's like Spider-Man and under pressure, he just makes these really weird faces and stares (laughs) where he looks like he's about to shit himself. And he's just, this is really heavy. The most intense stare. It's so creepy. It's so... This and the train scene, he just makes faces that 
you wouldn't make. And what, what I was comparing it to is the, the scene in Homecoming where Tom Holland gets crushed under all that concrete. Great scene. Yeah, it's fantastic. And he has, he has to push up, push up the concrete. And like, he's like struggling. And like, that is a normal face you would make when you're under this sort of physical pressure to fight for your life. Like, I totally buy it. He's a right. good actor. Right. This is so weird. Like, his mouth is shaped weird. He's, <laughs> he's, he's seriously just staring so intently. It's so creepy. Oh, my God. And, and when he's trying to stop the train and he's got, he's got like, his body in front of it, he's making yeah. weird faces. Yeah, like... It's bizarre. It's not, it's not like a strained face. It's really like, I'm about to shit myself. That's what it is. It doesn't look like he's actually in this situation. He either has no expression on his face or he's about to shit himself. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I, I'm not even going to talk about this last piece of dialogue. I'm just going to say it and then we can move on. Okay. You do love me. I do. Even though you said you didn't. That's Spider-Man 2, people. No, no subtext. Yeah. No, of course not. I was, I was lied to. You guys are out <laughs> of your mind. This is not a good movie. I'm unbelievably upset. I can't believe it. And isn't this the one where he loses his powers for some reason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then does. and then they just come back for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one really knows why. And then there's the whole there's the whole like subplot of Aunt May is like moving or something, and like there's like a whole scene in the middle of this movie where he like goes and visits Aunt May while she's moving. And I don't understand what the point of that scene is or how it does anything to the plot in any way. Like, I don't... Am I am I making this up? No, no, not at all. Yeah, I think... I have to imagine that when people say this movie is so great, like, they must be forgetting that really boring part in the middle where nothing happens and Aunt May moves. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, I don't hate it as much as you do. I think I think it's fine and I can enjoy it. It's it's the hype surrounding it that isn't that annoys me because it's yeah. not it's, it's not that amazing. And I think the hype is why I didn't like it so much. I was so angry about that. Like there's other movies you know that you're they're not great and you see them and they're not great and you're not upset because no one lied to you. Right. <laughs> and I'm, final statement about Spider-Man 2. I'll just go on the books and say it. Peter Parker and MJ in this movie are as bad as Padman and Anakin. It is mm. one of the worst on-screen romances mm. I've ever seen. Disagree. They are they are not they are not that bad. There's <laughs> nothing is that bad. <laughs> you might be right. I don't hate MJ in these movies. They just she doesn't do anything except get in into trouble and need to be rescued. Right. I don't know. I don't know how she agreed to do this role. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like the character doesn't do anything. I actually like the character more in Spider-Man 3. I actually like I like MJ more in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. So speaking of Spider-Man 3, I liked it. <laughs> I I have the most unpopular Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy order. My order goes 312. That's that's the order in which you enjoyed them. That's that's the re- the reverse of most people. Yeah. How did I like 3? Well, you're going to explain yourself right now cuz that's that's <laughs> definitely a bad movie. <laughs> so for one the first five minutes or so i was buying toby Maguire as peter parker like i felt like the lines became real all of a sudden it didn't feel awkward or weird or inhuman like it felt like an actual person acting in a movie that was good and i was like did the writing get better did he get better but for some reason i bought him in this movie i liked it and I, it was like the first five minutes, I was like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to go back to what I remember hating from the first two. But it stuck around, and I sort of enjoyed it. I thought he did a good job. 
I don't know how he showed up in the third movie, but not the first two. But am I completely crazy? Did anyone else think this? <laughs> you, you, you have Stockholm syndrome. You, you have Spidey Stockholm syndrome. You have, you have Spider Man Stockholm syndrome. I'm, That's insane. No, that no. It. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I was so focused on how much of a mess the movie is in general. I don't even remember. I don't even remember the details of toby Maguire's acting <laughs> right but i mean the i mean the story isn't good it's got three villains like they're all they all each intersect for like 10 minutes or so like every 10 minutes you're focusing on a different villain it's really weird like the story is not great but like i didn't really care about the story like there, there's <laughs> there's there's obvious like plot holes in it but i was like i'm, I'm just maybe it was because i wasn't invested anymore like i knew i wasn't gonna like it that i ended up liking it where I was like, if I think too hard about this plot, like it's gonna fall apart, and I'm just not gonna do that. And it it, it made me enjoy it more. So, so it's not that it's good; it's that you enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I don't know. Is it really that bad? Yes, it's that bad. <laughs> there, there are like 19 villains. It there's it, it like the first like 40 minutes of the movie is like a drama about like the broken relationship of Peter Parker and Mary Jane. And then they, it has to become a superhero movie like halfway through. Mm-hmm. And then there's way too much superheroing and supervillaining. Oh, it's very long. And there's so much happening. No, it, there's too many villains. Uh, and, we, and, of course, Venom was forced into the movie, movie by the studio. So, like, we know he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, it's, it's too much. It's too much happening. I, I guess I just – I guess really it all comes down to us. I thought it was fun. Like – you want to make a good movie? Don't have three villains. You want to make a fun movie? Put three villains in. <laughs> then it's fun. Because, like, they're all such different villains that, like, each each scene is something new and different that I guess I was just always like, all right, Sandman now. Let's go. Let's see what he has up his sleeve. All right, Eric Foreman is Venom. Here we go. What's he got? <laughs> I guess I was just sort of blindly enjoying it. And and, and isn't, isn't Sandman in the movie for, like, five minutes? No, he's in it, he's in it till the end. Yeah, but it's like five collective minutes is my point. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's probably. True. I don't understand why he's in the movie at all because like he sh- he shows up. He has his he has his thirty second origin story, which is the best thirty seconds of the movie. Yep. And then he shows up like at someone's house, and then he's in a sewer, and they throw water on him, and then he comes back for the finale. That's pretty much it. Why is he in the movie? <laughs> there's there's no reason at all. It's the same reason Doc Ock is in the movie because it's in the script. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It it was it was cool. Sandman's kind of cool to watch. I'll I'll give him that. <laughs> That's all I have to say for these movies. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool to watch. Right. See, okay, can I say something nice about that about this movie? Yeah. I liked uh Harry Osborn coming back as as Green Goblin too. I liked that too. I thought it was good. It didn't work, but I like the idea of it. <laughs> it. It felt less like like a bow on the entire trilogy. Well, right. I think that's that. That's what they should have just stuck with. Because if they had stuck with that, just that one villain, it would have felt like the trilogy is bookended by the Green Goblin, just in these two different forms with two different people. First Norman, and then Harry, and and the the origin story of him becoming the Green Goblin, like could have sort of made sense, and it would have been this through line throughout the entire trilogy. And that that could have been kind of cool, and they just totally blew it in every way, right? You know, and it it actually um, could have been something that I think 
not a lot of other superhero movies have done, which is have that sort of almost like a a small origin story for the villain throughout three movies. And then in the last movie, he finally shows, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like so many superhero movies limit themselves to one villain per movie. And then once that villain's defeated, it's like, okay, they're never coming back. And, you know, we have to do, we have to do the villain's origin story and like their whole arc and, and have them defeated. We have to do the whole thing in one movie. I thought it was kind of cool that they were willing to say, okay, well, here's this guy we've had three movies and he's going to go, become like his dad from the first movie and it's all going to come full circle i thought that was kind of interesting i thought that, i thought that was kind of different yeah and i i just i yeah i i agree with all that i thought that would have been good and i i just liked too how harry and peter like have their falling out but in the end they bec- they go back to being friends like in in his last moments of life right i thought that was kind of cool oh and i want i wanted to mention too that i i like how um doc ock dies i like that he like kind of like dies a hero or whatever yeah whatever I mean, you were so angry at the movie. I guess you didn't care, but I thought I thought that was at least I thought that was at least a good ending for a villain. It's like he's like he's just, he was deciding to to save to end his life by saving the day, and and he's deciding to die a good man because he knows that if he doesn't do it now, he'll just become evil forever or whatever. Yeah, I, no, I, I thought that was right. a good, I thought you're that was right. a good idea. It it is a good idea if it was a better villain. If I bought the villain originally, it would have been good. But yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's a shame that Spider Man Three had so many villains and they didn't know what the movie wanted to be, right? Because it could have been this cool trilogy with the Green Goblin kind of going all the way through, and it would have been cool. And I, I feel like that's something I haven't really seen in other superhero movies. Maybe I'm just forgetting something. But yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the the scene that everyone talks about from this movie, the really cringy parts where he becomes bad Spider Man mm-hmm. and he's walking in the streets, finger pointing, and he's yeah. dancing. I loved it. It's fun. I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the worst part just because that's what you see all the memes for. I figured it was going to be really bad and awful. But like, un- unlike the first two movies, like you said, where it's corny, but they don't realize it. They totally bought into <laughs> it there. You're like, we're just going to make this as fucking crazy as possible. He's out of his mind. He's walking in the streets, finger pointing at women he's never met before. He's dancing in this new suit that he bought. It's fucking nuts. I loved it. <laughs> and, and then he, he's dancing in front of his ex-girlfriend. It's so weird. And it's kind of good. It's like, what is he doing? I don't know. It's just so weird that I really liked it. I liked the beginning of the movie with Peter and MJ. I was I was more interested in the drama of their relationship <laughs> because I felt like in the beginning of Spider-Man 3, they actually kind of gave Mary Jane some things to do and they gave her some things to act and some emotions and stuff. And uh, right, I was actually right. kind of interested in that. And I don't know. I, I sometimes feel like some superhero movies are like forced to be superhero movies like they don't they want to be more about the 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 man under the mask but they're forced to have villains and stuff and spider-man 3 felt a little bit like that where it almost felt like the beginning of the movie wants to explore how the dynamic of their relationship has changed but they they're not allowed to explore that because he has to they have to make a superhero movie (laughs) right yeah but uh yeah they're not they're not great movies there is no way Toby Maguire is better than Tom Holland. No, I totally agree. Of course, of course. Anyone who tells me that opinion, and there are a lot of them. Oh my god, I don't even know what to say to you guys. I've, <laughs> I've lost so much respect. That's all I can say. Just leave it at that. And I, I, oh god, I was, I was excited. I was excited for these movies. I was really looking forward to them. You hear so many great things. Wow, what a letdown. 